0: Sounds like the kind of concept even Adam Sandler would go, maybe not. That is
1: damning. Activate ski boots.
0: I have
2: something to admit. I don't think I've
0: ever seen any Muppets.
2: Damo's lost all colour and is just shaking
1: his head at me.
0: Rashida Jones is the daughter of musical legend Quincy Jones. I didn't know that.
1: Hashtag Nepa baby. Olivia Colman has a killer line in the finale.
0: Is her killer line Amber? <laughs>
1: i just love to see Miss Havisham turning up in The Importance of Being Earnest. It's the crossover we need. But not necessarily the one we deserve. (coughs) This podcast was recorded remotely and may contain
0: adult language and themes.
1: Hello and welcome to TV DNA, The Watchlist. This week we'll be talking about our featured show, Silo, on Apple TV, plus Black Ops, The Last Thing You Told Me, Blue Lights, and other stuff that we've been watching We'll also be previewing upcoming shows for the next week and the latest in TV news. My name is Adam Henning, and we do not know why we are here, do we, Grace Chapman?
2: No,
0: never have,
1: never will. Hello! And equally clueless, it's Damian Cooper.
0: Hello. Apologies. One of my neighbours has decided now is the time to mow their lawn on what sounds like an industrial machine.
1: Well, it is a bank holiday Monday again, so you know that sort of behaviour is to be expected, I guess.
2: But it is no mo May, so you should tell them, Damo. They're not meant to mow their ma- mow the mow the May. No, mow their lawn in May. There it is.
1: It's easy for you to say. I've never heard of no mow May.
2: No more May, mate.
1: <laughs> There's like no Mondays in May because they're all bank holidays.
2: It's lush. you're working, aren't you, Adam?
1: I am, yeah, yeah. But i finished now. I'm just recording this with you. Should we get on with it? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so we made a pact last week to watch Silo on Apple TV. Have we all achieved that?
2: I have. Damo, have you?
1: Uh,
0: I'm really sorry, guys. I, I didn't uh, just watch Silo... I inhaled it.
1: <laughs> In a good way?
0: No, I hated it, which is why I watched it back to back. No, I, I loved it. I think it's got real promise. It's got an amazing
1: cast, hasn't it? Yeah, and I don't think we've met half of them yet.
2: So uh, how many episodes are currently... Because I've only seen one so far. Um, oh, you? Oh, you've watched both. So there's two available. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> me me putting two fingers up to you doesn't work on a podcast. After I rinsed Izzy for waving goodbye on one of the previous episodes, I am just as guilty.
2: So for those who haven't seen it yet, should we tell them what it's about? Because I also really loved it. Go for it. Well, it's basically set in a kind of dystopian world where people have had to start living underground in these extremely deep sort of almost tunnels under the ground that go vertical. And, uh, you know, without saying any spoilers, there's essentially a lot of I think it's poisonous air, isn't it? That's outside the silo. Um, Insert, you know, all the climate anxiety here. And um, yeah, and then there's a lot of uh, I guess um, people are trying to work out if it truly is poisonous or if they're being kept there against, you know, against their will, essentially. But yeah, I'm not normally into the kind of dystopian stuff, but I was into this. This was cool.
1: Yeah, so the silo itself is this kind of underground tunnel that they've built. And it's it's huge. It's like all these different levels. And they talk about people who are on the top levels, the middle le- levels, and the sort of bottom levels. And that's kind of where the mechanical crew are. That's where we end that first episode, don't we, me? in, in mechanical at the bottom there. But they've made this pact where they've agreed not to go outside. And if you say you want to go outside, then you will be sent outside to clean the lens of the camera, which means that they can all see what it's like out there.
0: And the pact has come into effect because a group of rebels tried to open the door uh, and, and they were thwarted. And from there, this new kind of ruling elite with a very specific set of rules, setting people in their social strata has come into effect.
1: Yes. So we've got the... Well, our main characters in this first episode are Holston, who's the sheriff, played by David Oyelowo, and Alison, his wife, who's played by Rashida Jones. And you have to get permission to procreate, right?
0: That's correct. I just want to say, for those who don't know, I'm sure it's hardly anyone by now, but Rashida Jones is the daughter of musical legend Quincy Jones.
2: I didn't know that. Lovely bit of intel. Hashtag nepa baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But she was very, very good in this first episode, as was David Ayalao, a key reason, I think, why this was so compelling in the first two episodes.
0: It's a shame that Izzy's not here, because I would like to get her opinion on this. Do you think she would have ended up going to the surface had Leslie Nope been there to stop her? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what, spoilers for Parks and Recreation?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think the Rashida Jones was brilliant. I think there was some, there was some dialogue that I felt a little bit sorry for her at certain points. I can't remember specifics, but there was a few things about them trying to have a baby that just felt a bit like, oh, okay, she's doing the best she can with that line. But I think she was great. And their world building was really good. Like, they, they made it feel kind of relatable, even though these people are living in a completely different environment to us. Like, the personal relationships were believable. The kind of, the rise of the, essentially, sort of rebellion within the ranks was cool. Like, yeah,
0: I thought they did a really good job of it. I think also in terms of plot and pacing... I think that was all really well-handed. There's a hell of a lot of intrigue and I think they kind of drop things at just enough of a regular pace and there's no like, wait, what? Well, why wouldn't you say that straight away going on as far as I can remember? So that's kind of what's kept me really excited about where this is going to go. Yeah, it's a kind of
1: sort of highest possible stakes conspiracy theory, right? Because they, some of them start to believe that there is, it's not all poisoned out there, but actually if they... They go out there and they're wrong, they they spoiler alert, die fairly quickly.
0: And they regardless of whether even if it is right and it is safe, they can't come back in. So the world that they know is gone to them. They are banished.
2: I found the sort of the main storyline of. Of the the Rashida Jones's character and David Ayolo's character, I don't remember their names now, uh, their relationship and them trying to have children. Like that was a really, that was really compelling. And that could that kind of that kind of storyline could have worked in any sort of scenario, but it, it worked really well in this like dystopian weird world. And that's not easy either. So I think that they did that really well. And it was just super compelling. And like, I think of all the shows that we've had on the watch list in the past sort of couple of weeks. I'm most, most interested in watching episode two of this one.
1: Yeah, I'm, I absolutely think episode two. I, episode one really is kind of just just the world building and setting up of, of everything that's going on. We don't really meet Juliet, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson until right at the end of that episode. And she's going to be a, the main character kind of moving forward. We've also only had a brief glimpse so far of Tim Robbins as Bernard from the judiciary, who are the sort of ruling uh, elite, I believe.
2: Also, I believe in episode one, did we see Harriet Walter?
1: I don't think we do. I, I, she's definitely in episode two. So right. I, I may be conflating the two. But uh,
0: Yeah, I guess my question is, and this can either be cut out or not, at some point, are we gonna have a, a time when we're gonna discuss what we think is going on? Because already by the end of episode two, I have a whole load of theories and ideas that I would like to discuss.
2: Should I mute you for m- a minute and you can talk to Adam? <laughs> <laughs> you can just wave at me when you're done.
1: <laughs> Why don't we revisit Silo next week once we've watched the third episode and we can have a little spoilery section of the watch list where we talk about theories on Silo. The one other thing I was just going to add to this, um, and I guess is my my one sort of little quibble about this show is that we get this uh, narration and we hear it a couple of times throughout the first two episodes that we don't know why we're here. We don't know who built the silo. We don't know this, that, and the other. And it's as if that history has been erased. And I can get sort of certain things of, you know, records not being kept and stuff like that. But so much of our history is learned through storytelling, right? Through the oral tradition. So how has it happened that none of these people remember sort of before 100 odd years ago? You know, we, we know ourselves what happened to 300, 400 years ago-ish.
0: I guess they're trying to say it's the over-reliance on tech. And, and that thing that I remember Obama once said, if you have to Google something, you don't actually know it. So one of the that my issue with all the tech and stuff is, how is it if this is somehow in the future, the only thing they can use is MS-DOS? The computers are like 80s, 90s. There's no way you're going to be able to fire off a fancy bit of clip art, is there?
2: I love clip art. Lovely throwback. Isn't it that like a lot of the tech was burned or destroyed beforehand? There's something about the fact that they ha- books were burned and tech was destroyed. So I think you're there was a, a slight element of confusion, Adam. I think you're right, of being like, well,
0: why was it burned? It was something to do with the
2: pact? Yeah, I couldn't quite piece that together.
0: Yeah, and I think the pact and all that probably happened before the living memory of of the characters we see. So I guess that's where it is, is if people are suddenly worried about sharing knowledge that they had before everything was got rid of, then you are probably reticent to tell your kids in case they're called, I don't know, apostates or heretics or whatever, which would almost certainly mean their death. So it's safer to not say anything. So maybe a couple of generations down the line, the the ignorance is bliss.
1: Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get some flashback scenes within this show to earlier in the timeline. So maybe that will be explained more fully in the show as well.
2: I mean, I want to see how they dug that silo. That is mad. <laughs> the other thing I think was quite useful about watching it this weekend was it was quite a quite a fun one to watch. As a sort, you know, all that flag waving in the first episode felt quite pertinent uh, when I was watching it. It just was quite, a, quite an interesting thing to watch
1: alongside
2: everything else that was on telly this weekend. Would you be referring to...
1: <laughs> What's it called, Adam? Just before the recording, you called it the Corrie Bobs. Cheeky
0: bit of Corrie Bobs. I'm more team Corrie Nash, but Corrie Bobs is also good.
1: Holly Bobs on the Corrie Bobs. I hate myself. Maybe to explain for some of our international listeners, or those not up on the urban slang, it was the coronation of of King Charles, uh, (laughs) this weekend just gone, and there was a televisual extravaganza of all of the proceedings plus the coronation concert last night did you catch any of that
2: i actually did you know you know what i was i sat down to watch beef popped on a bit of terrestrial blinked and i'd
0: watched most of the coronation concert i didn't watch any of the concert but the actual event itself was on in the background on the tv and uh, i really didn't enjoy the obsequiousness of it all i found it really i say i'm a small r Republican, not in the American political sense. In that, I don't necessarily think we need a royal family. So I found it really quite difficult at times to listen to.
2: I summed it up. Well, I had some, for myself. I tried to sum it up, up, and I think I found it uncomfortably entertaining, is what I would call it. But the coronation concert, I mean, it was all a bit a bit sickly sweet. um But the drone art in the sky was amazing.
1: Has anyone seen that before? No, I thought that was brilliant, yeah.
0: What I would suggest is, uh, on New Year's Eve, watch BBC One, because there's usually a bit of drone art on that as well for the the ones on the South Bank, or should I say over the River Thames. But yeah, it's fantastic. A couple of years ago, I was in Bruges for New Year's Eve, hashtag humble humblebrag, um, and that was the year that they'd said, no more fireworks. So they did a drone display for that, and it was it's just amazing what you can you can make with with a, an army of drones.
1: Well, I was made to watch some of the coronation, and you know, and told that it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And then I pointed out that actually, King Charles is looking pretty old, and we might get another coronation within my lifetime. Hopefully,
2: bank holiday, gimme, gimme, gimme.
1: <laughs> I mean, the only issue is that if if
0: Charles is the last king, if if the royal family doesn't exist after Charles. It could very well have been the last coronation.
1: Good point, well made. Any other thoughts on the coronation then, or should we should we move on? Please. Oh,
2: just, oh, so on people like this, someone said that they look like two elderly polar bears on tour, and I thought that was a really good way of
1: putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Long live the king.
0: Of course. The, the true king... King Stannis Baratheon
1: or... I was just quoting um, Succession, which obviously we'll be talking about later on this evening when we record that episode. Long live the king, long live both the kings.
2: And the other king.
1: (laughs) Right, let's move on then. Uh, Grace, what else have you been watching?
2: Nothing much. Uh, That kind of took over a lot of my sort of watching time this weekend, but uh, I finished Blue Lights. I know we've talked about it to death, but it was brilliant. I think everyone on this podcast can highly recommend that. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Damo, what else? Oh, what? I
0: have a Blue Lights-related question. Knowing that there is a second series confirmed, and obviously there's no spoilers to be given, how much did that final episode mess you up?
2: Quite a lot. I'm really... Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, a lot. And how would you compare it between... That being the final episode of the first season and the final episode of the first season of is it Severance? Not,
2: I don't know if it can be compared. Very different vibes, I guess. Okay. This, Severance left us on such an enormous cliffhanger, um, whereas Blue, Blue Lights didn't so much. Um, but I found I thought the just the storytelling in the last episode and even just the camera work was just just really beautifully done, and a kind of a really interesting departure for for crime dramas that I'm quite excited about. Really, really looking forward to season two. And we're definitely going to cover it, aren't we, episode by episode on this?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that's got to be a must. I've got a little analogy for you to compare the two finales. In that Severance, I think, was like a snowball at the top of a really tall hill that grew and grew and grew as it rolled down until it was a huge, giant fuck-off snowball, whereas Blue Lights, I think, has been sort of flashing lights in a speedy car from the get-go all the way through.
0: Crystal clear. <laughs>
1: stunning. Absolutely stunning. But it is a bit like comparing snowballs with police cars.
0: When you put it like that, of course, yeah, I don't know how I didn't see it before.
1: So what else have you been watching then, Demo?
0: Busy one for me. So Obviously, I did watch The Coronation as we... But then I also watched The Windsors, which is a comedy uh, about the royal family by Harry Enfield and a lot of other people that you might recognise. So they did a coronation special as the first episode in this new series. It's very silly, where it's just kind of ridiculous versions of them all. So, for example, Princess Kate, In this is actually Roma And so is obviously Pippa Middleton And they're all so posh They can barely speak I think it's genuinely funny, very silly Fan of the show, of the podcast that is Amit Shah plays uh, Rishi Sunak In this coronation special And he is so good Getting that awkward Fake, confident Physicality that Rishi Sunak Has and it is He's only in about two or three scenes, but he's so good and he's so funny. Uh, so, yeah, would recommend that. It's on Channel 4 and therefore all four, I believe. Is that the, the online version?
1: Yeah, quick question. So there was a special episode which came out this week for the coronation, but there's a new series as well?
0: I think it's episode one of the new series. Great. I highly recommend that. I have continued watching Power on Amazon, which is becoming a little bit more hit and miss. Sadly we spent a lot of time in Carpathia this episode so I got to hear a lot of Romanian which was nice but I just feel like they are dropping the ball with one or two of the storylines.
1: Yeah I'd agree with that. I I quite enjoyed how the show connects the different storylines through the internet and social media and I think that's quite a good element of it because they are very very disparate these key characters like different countries (laughs) all over the world. Um, but they they kind of are starting to link up now through through social media and through the internet and that sort of stuff, which I think was quite quite interesting. But yeah, overall, it's a bit of a slog, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I have ju- lost interest in the Americans. That whole storyline I just don't care about. Uh, obviously, I am very much enjoying the. I think they're Jewish, aren't they? The Jewish London gangster syndicate. That that whole storyline is very interesting. But the two American storylines. So also the one. Uh, with the uh, nuns and the religious community. I'm I'm a bit bored with those as well. Uh, And then the stuff in Carpathia is really interesting. The stuff that was in Saudi Arabia was really interesting. I just feel like we're getting really slogged down in American politics. And when that happens, I've seen quite a lot of stuff about American politics. It's more interesting seeing how things are affected in other parts of the world for me.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: I also watched the first two episodes of The Last Thing He Told Me, which is on Apple TV. It stars, God, I should have got their names out. But it stars, It stars Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. So is that Nikolai Costa me Miface, and Jennifer Gardner? Garner.
1: Jennifer Garner, yeah.
0: Garner, yeah. I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'll be honest. I, I, the only reason I've watched two episodes is because I was in the living room. Uh, and there was nothing else to do when they were on. And there's some really good bits in there, but I'm not entirely sure. Um I've also, sorry, Adam, yeah.
1: This is the the stepmum stepdaughter thriller series, right?
0: Yeah. Jamie Lannister disappears. It's not a spoiler, he disappears almost immediately from the get-go. Uh, and we kind of get flashbacks and intimations on on what he's done and why he has disappeared. I'm not so sure about it, as I said. I finished The Diplomat on Netflix, recommended to me by none other than Your Good Lady Wife, Adam. Hashtag Catherine Hemmings recommendations. And I loved it. I thought it was a really good show. And as I said in the WhatsApp group, I think the only time when it became unstuck was when it veered into the rom-com territory. But other than that, I think it's a really taut, interesting political thriller. And uh, I'm assuming there's a second series.
1: Yeah, I would have thought so. This is their kind of one of the Netflix's sort of shows that they're touting at the moment as, as a big thing. And I, um, I'm, I've i got two episodes left to go on The Diplomat, but I am I am also really, really enjoying it. I think it gets better and better as it goes along. Uh, the political intrigue and relationship politics is 100% now a recommendation from me.
0: And the last thing that I have watched is Black Ops on iPlayer, which I believe you have watched as well, Adam. I've only seen the first ep.
1: Yeah, I'm two and a half into Black Ops at the moment. So, yeah, a little bit ahead. What do you think?
0: Promising. I've got some issues with it, which is kind of what happens with comedies like that that are a little bit broader. But there are some actors in there that I haven't seen on TV in a while, and they're great. So I think the guy who plays Kevin in Black Ops, I'm just going to quickly Google his name now.
2: Well, famous Googling. Is this the show, the comedy about two police people who have to pretend to sell drugs?
1: Yes, that's it. They're community support officers, and they are the only black police officers in the police station. And they're looking for some people to go undercover in this drugs gang. These two pretty clueless, or seemingly clueless, community support officers are drafted in. And that's where, that's that's the premise of it.
0: I found the guy's name, and I'm going to butcher it, so apologies. But Akemji Ndifornien, who plays Tevin, not Kevin... Is great and I feel like he's hardly ever on TV and I think he's brilliant. And Felicity Montague, who plays Lynn in Alan Partridge, is also there. And obviously there is Hamid Animashon, who you will have seen playing Puck, was it, in that big Midsummer Night's Dream at the West End. So he's done loads of big theatre work and he's obviously now starting to do more screen stuff, but he's fantastic.
1: So, yeah, I, I, I recommend I mentioned this last week when we previewed it, but um, Bemi Sola Ikemelu is the best thing in A League of Their Own. I think she's really, really funny in that show. Uh, and also, whilst we're name-checking the actors, Arian Bakari, who plays Clinton in this, uh, we last saw in his Dark Materials, or I last saw anyway, um, and I think he's, he's brilliant as well. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I think not all of the jokes land, but I think it's quick fire enough that enough of them do hit the mark for it to be an enjoyable show. It's really about their relationship, these two these two central characters, and how they handle the increasingly bizarre situations they find themselves in. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying Black Ops, and I will definitely finish it.
0: There's a really nice twist at the end of the first episode that really kicks everything up a gear, uh, which, I, which I really enjoyed. It's not a new twist in those kind of shows, but it was done well enough for it to feel like it was enough to shock you but not feel cheap. And I think the only other thing I talk about um, is not TV, but it's a podcast. And I know some people listen to more than just TV DNA. They listen to other podcasts, weird as it is. Um, But there is a a series called Lazarus Heist, which I believe is available anywhere you get your podcasts, but it's also available on BBC Sounds. Uh, There's two series. The second series has just finished, and it deals with the hacking gangs in North Korea That hack obscene amounts of money In order to fund the military programme there uh, And it is a wild ride So I recommend on BBC Sounds Or wherever you get your podcasts To look out for The
1: Lazarus Heist
2: Nice
1: I will add it to my listening list Oh my god, there's Adam.
2: a list as well?
1: yeah it's not very it's not as long as my watch list definitely but I do commute so I have a bit of uh, podcast listening time.
0: A wise way to spend your commute Adam, what have you been watching?
1: Well there's a few that I wanna I'm gonna quickly sort of bash through and then there's a couple that I'd like to talk about in a little bit more detail. So I finished great expectations one of our previous watch list specials um and enjoyed this it is as as we've said before uh stylish uh Stephen Knight adaptation. Dark and gritty, brilliant, brilliant cast. Olivia Coleman has a killer line in the finale. Is all I'll say about that? Is her killer line a handbag? <laughs> no. I know it's the wrong book. I know. We know it would see it
0: coming, right? If she suddenly was to say a handbag, fate to black, credits,
1: <laughs> end it. So I just love to see Miss Havisham turning up in The Importance of Being Earnest. <laughs> it's a crossover we need, <laughs> but not necessarily the one we deserve. So I'm also watching the final season of Barry and it's just getting weirder and weirder. It pushes boundaries like it just doesn't give a shit and I love it for it. So yeah, I mean, really enjoying Barry and still have that as a high recommendation. Uh, Inside number nine, the new season of that, couple of episodes, well, it's three episodes in, but one of them was the Christmas special, which I'd already watched. Uh, the latest one is called Paris Kavidocatriophobia. Say that again? Paris Kavidocatriophobia. Nice. <laughs> I'll practice that um and it is I one, one of the best I think uh you know these are it's a comedy thriller anthology series there's always a twist at the end of the story but this one in particular is the most twisty and turny of the recent episodes I think really good also enjoyed Anita Dobson in the episode before malpractice I finished malpractice I think Damo you finished this as well haven't you yeah how what did you think
2: uh, how was it
1: yeah, it was okay, I think. There were some truly disturbing scenes in the dramatic finale as an exploration of addiction and the vulnerability of addicts. I think it's a it's a good decent show. Uh it's only four episodes over quite quickly, but I would put this in the sort of mid-tier ITV shows, like that other one that I watched about the missing girls recently that was just kind of okay, but not as not as good as some of the best ITVX stuff that we've had in the last couple of years.
0: I agree, I just think there was a couple of things that they could have tweaked and it could have been one of those series you really talk about but in the end it kind of, yeah, it just didn't quite make it. There's lots of promise there and some really good bits but I just felt like it it veered into the melodramatic too often
2: Mm, That's a shame because I was looking, you know, if you'd said it was really good I probably would have carried on because I love a bit of a, you know, a medical drama but it sounds like it just wasn't quite Wasn't quite right.
1: A medical drama that I would recommend. Lovely. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, I did the segue last week as well. Is The Nurse on Netflix. (laughs) This is a Danish thriller.
0: So that's a repeat prescription then?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) This is based on a true story in Denmark and also similar to... uh, There was a film, The Good Nurse, I think. Was it Eddie Redmayne in that one? Uh, So similar sort of story in that there is someone who is suspected of killing patients in a hospital Um, so it's a similar sort of but both different true stories and very different uh vehicles i think but as you would probably expect from from a danish thriller it's got incredibly good knitwear
2: Oh, God, that is so true. They just, they look great.
1: And the poetry in the words and the visual language, I think, is is really, really wonderful. It's got strong thriller elements, but without it ever becoming cheesy or cliched. Um, and it's from the team behind the Chestnut Man. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to the two leads, Fanny Louise Bernth, who plays Perneil, uh, the single mum, who's the new nurse in the hospital, and Josephine Park, who plays Christina, who's the vivacious slightly crazy attention-seeking nurse
2: I mean you, look you had me at knitwear but I I really I've I can't, i can not you know I used to love the killing and what was there was another one that was brilliant can't remember it now the bridge. the bridge thank you yes so good and actually I've missed I've missed a bit of a sort of scandi noir in my life so the nurse sounds really good
1: yeah also, I'd also recommend Borgen. Certainly the first three seasons of Borgen, I thought, were really, really good. The Danish, that was another Danish show, Danish political drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got one one left to watch of The Nurse, so I'll update on, on how that finishes next week. But it's only four episodes again, um, and I think really, really good. It, may, it makes me want to watch The Chestnut Man, which was on my list before, but I never quite got around to. Finally then, I mentioned last week that Sweet Tooth Season 2 was out, and that it was a guilty pleasure of mine. But didn't really talk about what it was about very much. And I've, it's... It's currently one of my favourite things to watch. So on the list of shows I'm watching, I'm really, really enjoying Sweet Tooth. And I've been reminded actually how good that show is. It's less of a guilty pleasure and just a pleasure to watch. But I thought I'd just give a little explanation of kind of what the show is. Uh, So we have these hybrid children who are being born part human, part animal, and they start to appear around the time of the sick, uh, which is a pandemic that kills most of the population. Uh, and then this group emerges called the Last Men, who blame the hybrids for the disease that killed everybody, Uh, and their aim is obviously to protect humanity and destroy these hybrids, take their revenge on these hybrid children. The special effects I think are really, really good, certainly for Gus, who's the the lead character, who's half boy, half deer, Um, but we meet lots of other children who are also part human part animal and Gus has lived an isolated life with his dad when we meet him in in season one he's kind of being protected but we also meet Big Man who's a former American football star played by Nonzo Anonzi, Uh, Bear a young kick-ass girl with animal sympathies played by Stefania Levy Owen and Dania is Amy, who uh, runs a refuge for hybrid children in a zoo, and Adil Akhtar's Dr. Adi Singh, who's a scientist trying to find a cure to save his wife. There's kind of these four different storylines happening simultaneously, and then they will cross over at, at different points throughout the series. What I think what makes it good is that all of the characters have shades of grey. There are kind of goodies and baddies in there, but in any sort of post-apocalyptic scenario, the kind of moral dilemmas that crop up, mean that they have to make difficult decisions and you sometimes side with them and sometimes don't. Is it quite dark? It's I was trying to think about this I was thinking whether I would let Phoebe watch it because you've got these kind of what are essentially cute animal children running around. The language is quite strong and there are I guess there are dark moments but I don't think it's it's not sort of like a, a horror necessarily. I think it is probably aimed at a teenage audience. Perhaps, but I think there's there's plenty in there. Yeah, it's based on a on a graphic novel series by Jeff Lemire, and it does share some DNA with with the X Men stories because it's it's essentially about discrimination against a race or a species. And James Brolin is the mysterious narrator at the beginning of every episode, and we don't really know how he fits into the story yet. Nice. Yeah. That's what I've been watching. Well, I've also watched the, the, the next episode of Citadel, and I do only have three words for you activate ski boots
2: oh dear
1: <laughs> how is it it is i'm enjoying it it is like it's if you go in with that frame of mind of this is going to be incredibly silly and derivative but lots of fun then then i think it's okay
2: I have you not seen any of it does it know that it's silly or is it still trying to straddle that line between is it taking itself seriously or not because that's what from the feedback you guys all gave me i was like i don't know if it knows where it's hitting there.
1: I think it knows that it has spies which have ski boots that can be voice activated.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Are you
1: going to carry on with it? That's the yeah. main point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just for the just for the action sequences.
0: I can't remember whether this was something that was in the WhatsApp group or in the previous episode, but very close or at least a significant way through the production, a lot of the top creative team were changed. So I wonder if that might be it, that the the tone might be inconsistent depending on what was filmed prior to the change in personnel.
1: Yeah, I think that is definitely, definitely the case. I I did, to be fair, had a really, really good twist at the end of the third episode. So I think if you've made it through three episodes and you're enjoying it, then you'll be hooked for episode four. Great. Should we talk about what's coming this week onto the televisions? Let's do it. Yes, please. Who wants to go first?
2: I think you should go first, Adam.
1: Okay. So coming off Wednesday the 10th of May on Disney Plus is a show I'm very excited about and that's Muppets Mayhem, uh, the latest in the Muppet TV shows after Kermit and Miss Piggy made their appearance at the Coronation concert last night. This time it's Dr Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, the Muppet band, who've finally been given their very own TV series, uh, having made their debut way back in 1975, before even I was born. No, sure (laughs) So this show sees them uh, trying to record their first album. So the band, unbelievably, have never recorded an album. uh, And they are helped by a driven young music executive called Nora. Um, But yeah, it's about them facing the current day music scene. Uh, Guest stars and cameos include Tommy Lee, Paula Abdul, Morgan Freeman, Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles, one of my all time biggest childhood crushes, For the listeners,
2: just so listeners know, when Adam puts Susanna Hoffs in the watch, this briefing note, she's in capital letters and has not one but three exclamation marks. That was the size of the crush.
1: But also Kevin Smith, Danny Trejo and Weird Al Yankovic. So is this kind of like
0: a companion series to Daisy Jones and The Six?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think you could definitely see it it like that.
0: Yeah, I have have something to admit. I don't think I've ever
2: seen any Muppets. Ever? (laughs) Ever. Now, this might be an example of when I didn't think I'd watched a Marvel and I actually ended up watching What's Its
1: Face? That one with the music. Well, I grew up on The Muppet Show. It's time to meet the Muppets. Da, 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 da. Do you know who Statler and Waldorf are? Who? Oh. I, I promise I haven't been living under a rock. Honzo the Great?
2: I, I recognise the name. Sorry, have you not even
0: seen A Muppet's Christmas Carol? I honestly don't think I have.
1: <laughs> okay, we are gonna, we're going to put together a little list of you. I mean, the Star Wars episode of The Muppet Show is definitely a must-watch, but there are also some other classics. The whole of The Muppet Show, the 70s TV show, is available on Disney+. Plus, So you can go back to watch all of those episodes, and it's something that I started doing, I think, during lockdown with kids. But there's been a, a reboot of The Muppet Show. Muppets Now came out in 2020, I think, which was kind of a modern magazine style show which was okay not brilliant but there's also been you know muppet babies animated show, loads of different things the movies are incredible muppets take yeah. Man, the, the, the newer modern uh, muppets films are really really brilliant and the music is written by
0: brit from flight of the concords right he's very much involved in that scene uh, so i mean I'm, you've seen flight of the concords yeah I have, and I love him.
2: Also, maybe you know I have seen clips of the Muppets. I've just never wat- sat down and watched a full episode or movie. Episode.
1: I mean, you famously love Christmas as well, don't you? I mean, the Muppets Christmas Carol. That is a surprise if you've not seen that. That is
2: honestly, Damo's lost all colour and is just shaking his head at me. Do I just need to leave the podcast?
0: Are we done? But we don't currently have a quorum, so we can't make we can't take a vote on it. So for now. There is a stay of execution.
2: Tell you what, why don't you decide on one Muppets thing I have to watch in the next week, as long as it's not very long, and I'll do it.
0: As I say, Christmas Carol is the best one, but you
1: that's a film, and you really do need to see that at Christmas.
2: I am 10% excited about Christmas already, so... <laughs>
1: well, I think Muppets Mayhem is a contender for our watchlist episode next week, so maybe, maybe the best thing is for you to not watch any Muppets then watch the first episode of Muppets Mayhem, and then we'll see where we go from there.
2: I could just represent the very, very small minority of people who've never seen the Muppets.
1: Can I just ask one one final follow-up question? Yeah. Sesame Street? Oh, yeah, I
2: love Sesame Street. Are they the same thing?
1: Similar. The, the, there's a little crossover. Kermit appeared in Sesame Street every now and then, but yeah. They're both Jim Henson. So what non-Muppet-related shows are coming out this week? Well, there's
2: something called Not Dead Yet, which comes out on Wednesday the 10th of May, also on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this is about someone called Nell Serrano, a broke and newly single self-described disaster, maybe a little messy millennial woman alert. She works to restart the life and career she left behind 10 years ago. When she lands the only job she could find writing obituary, she starts getting life advice from an unlikely source. Stars Gina Rodriguez. Where would we have seen her before?
1: On the telly. <laughs> can you guess? Uh, I've watched the trailer for this, and I think it, it's pretty clear from the trailer. But can you guess for a show called Not Dead Yet who the unlikely sources might be that she gets life advice from, given that she's writing obituaries? It's the dead people, isn't it? She sees dead people.
2: Oh, what! I thought we did that that story already.
1: Um, this did come out in the in the States in February. Um, it did have a, a mixed critical response. I think people say that Gina Rodriguez is brilliant, but perhaps the show itself is maybe not the hottest.
0: I mean, it sounds like a shit concept, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Sounds like the kind of concept even Adam Sandler would go, maybe not. That is damning. What? Is an interesting concept, is City on Fire, which is coming to Apple TV on the 12th of May. After an NYU student is found dead, a connection to a series of citywide fires begins to reveal itself. It's based on a best-selling novel. It stars Chase Sue Wonders, Wyatt Olef, Omid Abtahi from Dr. Penn Pershing, Uh, and The Mandalorian, Jemima Kirk from Girls and Sex Education, Ashley Zuckerman of Succession fame, and Nico Tortorella from The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. I know, Grace, you're a big fan of The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, aren't you? Huge fan, absolutely huge
2: fan. I'm as big a fan of The World Beyond The Walking Dead as I am The Muppets. I've never seen Dr. Penn Pershing. Is Is that a TV show,
1: Demo? It's the character name, played by Amir Abdai in The Mandalorian. And I just think it's brilliant because he does have a scene where he's doing admin, so he is a, a pen persia.
0: We love high-stakes admin. Thanks for bringing to attention the fact that I was just reading something that I had no idea that I was talking about.
1: <laughs> um, it's also a good week for Ashley Zuckerman, right? Because he's in Succession, the Succession episode we're going to be talking about shortly. Big time. Uh, yeah, City on Fire, this looks good. I'm going to watch it, enjoy the trailer. Uh, Apple TV+, Plus. going to be good. Now, the final one that's coming out this week, which may also be a contender for our watch list, is £10 POMS. This comes out on the BBC on Sunday the 14th of May, our Sunday evening slot. And this is a show about one million Britons who were sold the dream of a modern way of life in Australia and seduced by a fare of just £10. And we follow the story of the largest planned migration of the 20th century. Uh, It stars Warren Brown, whom we saw in that show with the Vicky McClure, that we didn't really enjoy, but also Faye Marseille from the brilliant show Andor. Andor what? Hattie Hook and Michelle Keegan.
2: Yeah, I, I saw an advert for this. I saw, I
0: saw one of the old trailers for this and I thought it looked pretty good. It's got a good cast. I mean, so Warren Brown and Michelle Keegan were both in Our Girl, I think. Maybe, I don't know, but I think they've worked together previously. Warren Brown is one of those actors that I've seen in so much stuff and i really liked him as a performer. He was not great in that show with Vicky McClure about the bomb disposal stuff, but I think that was not a very well put together show. And his kind of like final monologue came across as very GCSE drama devised piece. But I do think that was just him working with what he had available to him. Uh, So I think this is one I would definitely be interested in just to hear maybe some possible Australian accents, mate. Possible dodgy ones. What are you trying to say about my accent?
2: (laughs) I, David, I would never risk criticising your accents.
1: So, what do we think for the old uh, watch list next week? Are we going to go for Muppets Mayhem, ten pound poms or both? We go Muppets, surely. I've got, I've got to go Muppets. Well, right, yeah, absolutely. That would be where my vote goes.
0: Well, I was going to say ten pound palms, but uh, now I'm joking. Muppets. The ten pound poms can just be for fun.
1: Yeah, I think I'll definitely watch that as well. Anyway, uh, whether I get to it in time for next week's watch list or not, who knows. Also, just very quickly, the final season of Fear the Walking Dead, season eight, I believe, is out on BTTV. For the three of you that subscribe to that from Sunday the 14th of May, I will have to wait for it to come out on Prime Video. Grace, how do you feel about that? Fear the Walking Dead coming to a close.
2: Devastated. (laughs) Should
1: we quickly cover some news? Why not? Let's do it. Yellowstone, that show that none of us have watched, is ending with season five, although there are spin offs due to still go ahead. I did watch 1923, which was the Harrison Ford, Helen Mirren spin off of that show, and really enjoyed it. So I am tempted to go back to Yellowstone. Um, and also, uh, Only Murders in the Building season three, which I am very excited about, that's got a release date of the 8th of August. And I think Glenn Close is going to be in that new season of Only Murders in the Building.
0: That's right. It's been leaked already on social media, I think. Yeah, Selena Gomez posted a video right whilst they were filming, so that would make sense Would Marry Up. But also, season three of Lupin is arriving on Netflix uh, the 5th of October. I I only got to about episode... I don't know if I even finished episode one of series two. I thought series, season one, sorry, of Lupin was really good TV. I really enjoyed it, but... Season two started so badly. I, I don't think I'm going to watch season three, I have to say.
1: I had heard good things about Lupin and I've never gotten around to watching it. It's been on my list quite some time now. So I was tempted to go back. Maybe I'll watch season one and then see how we go.
0: Yeah, so it's written by um, Alexandre Dumas, I believe, who also wrote The Count of Monte Cristo. The, the original story or the original novel, Lupin. I mean, there is some stuff there. There are some kind of significant uh, issues, the world in which uh, it's set. For example, Lupin seems to be the only black person in Paris, which is very hard to believe. There's, there's no black women at all in Paris, it seems, and only one black guy. But yeah, there, there's some there's some real issues there.
1: Uh, another story we've got here is that Mark Ruffalo and Hugh Laurie are to star in the limited series, All the Light We Cannot See. Uh, which is about a blind French teen girl named Marie Law and a German soldier named Werner, whose path crossed in occupied France during World War II. So which one of them are playing the girl? (laughs) (laughs) Surely it's Hugh Laurie, right? I mean... It's Mark Ruffalo in CGI, isn't it?
2: (laughs) I think this sounds interesting. What an unlikely duo.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm big fans of both of them, so I think it's, yeah, I'm quite excited by that. Uh, also a big fan, already mentioned him, Stephen Knight. Uh, he's got an upcoming British boxing drama series called A Thousand Blows about the 40 Elephants, a 19th to 20th century all-female London crime syndicate who specialised in shoplifting. Boxing, shoplifting, confused. But Stephen Graham, Erin Doherty, Malachi Kirby and Frances Lovehall are in the cast. Sorry,
0: I-, I need to correct this here. I think you mean National Treasure Stephen Graham. Come on, Adam. I <laughs> don't
1: my sincere jollies.
0: I think this sounds great. Genuinely, I will inhale this as quickly as I can. It sounds great. Sounds like unmissable TV, but in complete contrast to that, there is a Robbie Williams documentary coming to Netflix. If it was Robin Williams, maybe. Robbie Williams, he's not even the third best member of Take That. He wasn't even invited to the Coronation Conce. <laughs>
1: We're just not finishing words now. You're not even remotely interested in the Netflix documentaire about Robbie Williams. No, it doesn't work for me. I can't can't pull it off. The truth behind the ego? Look,
0: I, I think I've made it very clear many times how much of a fan I am of boy bands, particularly those from the 90s and early noughties, but I cannot bring myself to have anything to do with old Rob's Wills. Is that because you've
2: never forgiven him for breaking up Take That?
0: <laughs> um, no. I mean, Take That are oh, so low down for me in the list of boy bands. Honestly,
2: you should have seen them on Saturday night. They were like a bunch of dads dancing at their daughter's 16th birthday party.
1: Oh, you never get that with the Backstreet Boys. They're still slick. Phoebe found it very funny that, whilst watching the Coronation concert last night, my wife Catherine said, oh, I love this Take That song. I can't remember what it's called. And then she Googled it and realised it was called Never Forget. Amazing, <laughs> great stuff. We hope you've enjoyed this. Watch this episode. We'll be back next week talking, definitely talking about the Muppets, maybe talking about the Poms. Um, you can catch our Succession specials and our Yellow Jacket specials and our Ted Lasso specials. We've got new episodes of those all coming soon. And you can follow us on the social media at TVDNA Pod on those platforms or email TVDNA Pod. At gmail.com. And if you've got a bit of spare time on an upcoming bank holiday, why not give us a little rating or a review on your podcast listening platform of choice? That would be lovely. We'd love that.
0: Yeah. Why don't you join the legions of podcast fans that have shared their love, including, well, who have we had? We've had Amit Shah, we've had.
2: Darren Horgan, obviously, unforgettable director Andy Wilson.
0: Well, I mean, he is in the lead. I don't think anyone comes close. We've also got Mira Sayal, also fan of the pod. She has also once liked a tweet we've sent out. <laughs> this is what fan of the pod means. Also, I just realised I called him unforgettable
2: director Andy Wilson rather than unforgettable he- director, but he is also unforgettable.
1: I thought that's what yes. you, I genuinely really thought that's what you meant. Like he was an unforgettable director of Unforgotten.
0: No, I just had a senior moment. And we can't forget, obviously, wife of National Treasure Stephen Graham, Hannah Walters, the legend that is, uh, and phenomenal performer, director, producer. Anna, thank you.
1: Who was also brilliant in, in Malpractice, a my TVX show.
0: We both thumbs up at the exact same time to that.
1: <laughs> Great. Uh, I've tried to end this episode three times now. Anyone else got anything they want to say? No. Right, we'll be back next week with a watch list. Oh, Thank- actually, um... Oh, come on, I had to. <laughs> Just choking. Uh,
0: <clears throat> is that a thousand blows? Sorry, carry on. Thanks for listening. See you next Bye. week. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.